0: We are back for an all-new episode of SJHL Weekly. Thank you so much for joining us across the SJHL social media platforms. We have a jam-packed episode for you on today's show. Of course, we're going to take a look at this past week in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, but we'll also be joined by head coach and general manager of the The Nippawin Hawks, Tad Kozin, and SJHL leading scorer, Maguire Ratzlaff, also of the Nippawin Hawks. But before we get to my co-hosts, of course, we have to thank all of our great sponsors with the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League and SJHL Weekly for helping us put on our great shows each Monday and Thursday. Chevrolet, Capital Auto Mall, Great Western, Cantera Seeds, RBC, SaskTel, SGEU, Direct West, Saskatchewan Construction Safety Association, Tourism Saskatchewan and Young's Equipment. Thank you so much for your support and making these shows possible each and every week as we bring in our great co hosts, Roy McGoran, Jamie Nugabauer. Boys, how was your weekend?
1: Uh, yeah, it was it was great. It's an odd one throughout the SJHL season for a broadcaster mm-hmm. of a team as as well with the league where you don't have any hockey on Friday, <laughs> Saturday weird. or Sunday. So yeah. I think it's the lone one off until the end of the season, minus in the Christmas break. But I'm happy to report that there's no new segment of what's wrong with the Acura. Which uh, is a we're shame. here and, we're,
0: and we made it on very nice roads. Yeah, say which that. is a shame because we had a graphic ready. We'll, yeah, know, but know, we'll save that Spoiled for next it. time. Newsy, how was your weekend?
2: Yeah, it was good. I called a lot of hockey games. I called the uh, Friday night, obviously, in Melville, uh, a, a pretty solid win for the Hounds, and then two games at Notre Dame on Saturday, all with a bit of a cold. So, uh, yeah, it was a pretty busy weekend, but my Vikings. <laughs> Jeez, that was a <laughs> big win over the Buffalo Bills, and you're welcome, Saskatchewan. I'm just and, about- and the people in Flung. I got a little
0: worried there when you started to lift up your shirt. I didn't realize there was going to be a shirt underneath, so I was...
1: There aren't too many seasons where Nugsy can proudly support the Vikings jersey, so we'll let them That's have fair. this one. We'll oh, let them yeah, have this I'm one, perfectly right? yeah. fine
0: with it. Support yeah. your teams. Yeah. I'm glad. All right. Well, let's get into uh, the last couple of days in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League when it comes to the scoreboards. Let's go to Thursday. And, of course, all of our recaps are presented by Sask Lotteries. The Flin Flon Bombers earned an 8-3 win over the Yorkton Terriers on the Thursday to kick off a it was a busy week for the Yorkton Terriers and these two teams met again on Friday but it was the Yorkton Terriers coming back bouncing back and earning a 3-1 win over the Bombers. Melfort 6-2 victors over the Estevan Bruins. Notre Dame with a 4-3 win over Melville. A shootout win for Nipwin over Kindersley 5-4 and the Ice Wolves winning 2-1 in overtime over the Battlefords' North Stars. Then on Saturday, just three games on the schedule. LaRange with the big 6-1 win over Yorkton. Melforts beat Estevan by the same score, 6-1. And Battlefords getting back in the win column with a 7-3 win over the Nipwin Hawks. Guys, I want to start with LaRange because last week's episode, we kind of focused on the Ice Wolves because we had Kevin Kaminsky on the show and Walker Jerome, and we talked about how important this week was going to be for them. Four games this week. And they passed it with flying covers. They they swept the week. Four big wins. And what does that mean for the Ice Wolves?
1: There's something special about parents weekend and family weekend. It really weekend is, yeah. When everyone gets to come out. Of mm-hmm. course, you know, for a lot of these players, it's the first extended amount of time mm-hmm. away from their family. But when you can add to it a four-game winning streak at home in big front time. of the family, I think that just add so much more oomph to what the LaRange Ice Iceballs are going to bring down the table. I can't wait to see our power rankings Mm -hmm. coming up because I have to think they're going to jump up a few spots. But it wasn't easy customers coming into the Mel Hagland Arena and they passed with flying colors. They outscored their opponents 19 to 6 over the four-game winning streak and they had both goaltenders, Dawson Smith and Topher Chirico, who look like now are they the best one-two punch in the SJHL? Very possible, but we talked to Kevin Kaminsky. How imperative is this Mm -hmm. homestand going to be? you got six straight games at home, and they're in fast order. They are not spread out at all, and he said I think this could really determine whether are we ready to make that next step from a team that in the last couple years... People have, you know, they've been in the playoffs. They've been a really hard out. But they want home ice advantage now. And I think this home ice advantage throughout Parents Weekend really propelled them to being one of the top four teams in the league. And uh, we'll see what they can do. they got two more coming up against Weyburn throughout the week. So if they can go six for six on this homestand, yeah, that's huge, huge for the Wolves. Jamie?
2: Well, the... they're already in second right yeah. now in the league, right? right now. Like, they're no joke, folks. No, no. And one of the things that I love, and I don't know if everybody loves this, but I love a goalie duel. And uh, we saw, you know, a rare the North Stars loss over this Stretch right on uh, on, Nov- on November the 11th, I believe it was when uh, Battlefords was in Larange and uh, Josh Cote, Dawson Smith, head to head, tete a tete, going at it, and a two to one win. Riley Morgan, another big goal for Larange, not a big surprise there. Uh, but uh, you know what? They're making a lot of good moves, and, and the thing that I love about this little stretch for Larange, you know, we I love the way that they play. I know you do too, Rory. They're they're fun. They play hard. Mm-hmm. You know, we heard uh, Kevin Kaminsky talk about the offensive zone being the fun zone for Larange. They play you know a pretty offensive style. But uh, the last number of games in a row, they've only given up one mm-hmm. in each of the last three games. And I, you know, obviously that's a great recipe for success. Obviously, Chirico and Smith have a big part to do with that. But as a team, they've bought into what Kevin Kaminsky is preaching. They responded to that effort in Nippowin that Kevin Kaminsky was unhappy with. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, again, what Rory was saying, full marks for taking advantage of parents weekend and time at home.
1: I think in that building, too, though, it's, it's even harder to yeah. hold teams to just one goal. The it shot is. totals are usually raised yeah, right. a lot more than, you know, you may see in Notre Dame or you may see in Yorkton, yep. right? Um, It's difficult, but also on the flip side of that, it also is able to add the constant pressure that the players can have against you. So we've talked about that hand over, you know, show over show about that's how LaRange needs to play. They did it this weekend, and uh, yeah, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Also, we often talk about a player that comes into the league and maybe needs a little bit of time to acclimate. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to see Dallin Pikachu go off because he's going to be a force. He's got three points in five games, but wait till he gets his footing under that system. He's going to be a handful man
2: he's a perfect larange player right like he was a fan favorite in prince albert Mm -hmm. in the dub and plays high octane he's physical he's tough he's mean and he could score Mm -hmm. like he's gonna be great for larange
0: and just think about kind of what uh coach kaminsky said last week the benefits of having two good goalies like they like they do in larange you play Mm -hmm. four games in essentially four and a half days because it was an afternoon game uh on saturday i mean it really doesn't seem like it doesn't make a difference who's inept for them because both goaltenders have been very good this year.
1: Yeah, at first we we weren't sure what they were going to bring to the table. Dawson sure. Smith was the returning goaltender. His numbers weren't amazing last year. Right. Uh, he proved right out of the gate like, okay, what did this guy do in the offseason, mm-hmm. right? He it deserves to be recognized as one of the top. Yep. On the other side, Topher Chirico kind of struggled when he first came out, yeah. right? And, and now he's proving that, you know, this is no longer a, a A and B. It's a 1A and 1B. And for any coach to have that is uh, a really big plus, especially when you can
0: throw either of them in the, in the lineup and they hold teams to one goal. Now let's move on to uh, Melfort was down in Estevan for two games without Joel Favreau in between the pipes, but they go down into Estevan. And get two big wins over the Bruins. It seems like the Mustangs just have the Bruins number to start this season. Four big wins, and uh, their offense came out
2: in droves uh, for the Mustangs over the weekend. Yeah, they scored uh, Estevan twelve to three over mm, the weekend crazy. in Affinity Place. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about Estevan being as hot as anybody in the league not too long ago, but I guess I guess Melford is just just has something on Estevan. They've played four games. Against each other in the last couple of weeks, October 21st, 22nd, something like that, mm-hmm. when Melfort uh, hosted Estevan and won both those games, too. And uh, Zach Summers, an 04 birth year, uh, he just loves playing against Estevan, too, I mm-hmm. guess. 10 of his last points. His last 10 points have all been against the Estevan Bruins, four of them goals. He was pointless in between those two series for the young '04 4 Summers, who, by the way, Trevor Blevins is super high on and for Mm -hmm. great reason. Um, And I do have to mention, too, uh, you know, really, really hope for a a speedy recovery for Cody Davis, who uh, went down in a big-time heap, I believe, in the second Mm -hmm. game of the series. uh, You know, hope for a quick recovery because he's been such a fixture in this league for such a long time, and that injury looked pretty bad uh for me they can they
1: maintain the scoring momentum. We know Melford. I think the reason why they're so good against the Estevan Bruins is the coaching matchup and kind of the system that Trevor Blevins brings into both arenas. It's very hard to break through, let alone get scoring opportunities, just get shots on net, right? So when you have Favreau or James Venn, both really good goaltenders, it's going to be tough to score against Melford. But they don't have a single point-per-game player minus Dugay, who's only played nine games, or or seven games it might be, right? Nine points in seven games. It's their only point-per-game player. We know they generate a lot of offense from their back end so if they can find a nice balance we're not getting away from Trevor Blevins' system but get a little bit more of that secondary scoring some Zach Summers right some more Riley Ash involved Mm -hmm. Uh, then they're going to be the Melford Mustangs team that we expected them to be at the start of this year maybe a little bit of a slower start but they're going to need to continue getting secondary scoring or else they may go back up into a rut where they just can't find the back of the net
0: yeah, they've been inconsistent to start the SJHL season, and one of the big things, like you mentioned, was the offense. So if they can maintain this and get quality scoring from up and down their lineup, they might be the Melfort Mustangs we kind of all expected them to be. Uh, moving on, let's talk a little bit about Flintflon and Yorkton. They played two games up at the Whitney Forum. Of course, Yorkton was playing three and three, a very tough three and mm-hmm. fle- three to play two games in Flinflon and then against LaRange. But uh, what did you guys make, I guess, of uh, those two games up in Flintflon? And I guess to follow that up, the three games for Yorkton
2: well first of all I mean Caleb Allen <laughs> it's his show yeah are you kidding me 49 yeah of 50 on Friday in a three to one win in the Whitney Forum are you kidding me I talked to Matt Hare about Caleb Allen before the game between Yorkton and Notre Dame and Wilcox and he said you know what we kind of had a hint that he was pretty good because he was one of the top <laughs> U18 goalies right. in Colorado last year and you know this Yorkton team uh, you know what? They brought in Connor Seleski to find some secondary scoring, but when you have a team that's struggling a little bit to find the back of the net, that that really makes everybody a little bit nervous because you feel like a mistake gets bigger and bigger and bigger when you, when you have a hard time putting the puck in the back of the net. So I like Connor Seleski so far as an addition. Uh, you know, they came up with that win uh, on the Friday night. The next day, they had to travel to Laurent from Flintflon play a 2:30 game. Uh, after a night game in Flin Flon that is really tough mm. and and they did really well actually they put a lot of shots on Alaraj and uh, just you know a, a better performance I believe it was by Topher Chirico but uh, you know it was it was a tough trip and to get a win from Yorkton I think Rory who's struggling a, a little bit right now at least you know one from three in that little trip I guess Matt Hare will take it at this point
1: I think the win it does more for the Yorkton Terriers yeah. than maybe looking at the losses right yep. you said how hard it it was was, and you basically said everything I was going to cover. Caleb Allen needed to steal a win. Mm-hmm. If your goaltender is not good in the Whitney form, if he's on an off game, kiss two points goodbye. You're not winning the game. It's tough. They're getting 40 plus shots on net. They're going to be up 10 A plus scoring chances. Their defense jump up in the rush. Like it, If your goaltender's not on his A game, you're done. You're not winning in the Whitney form. And Caleb Allen picked up that win, which I think for Yorkton Terriers team, who you mentioned, maybe a little bit of struggles as of late. If they go up north and lose all of them, it's just a huge blow, right? 100%. Um, it's, it's, it's a trip that a lot of teams uses to kind of build some team bonding, right? And just losses hamper that. They're not easy to kind of overcome. The meals are quieter. The bus rides are, you know, a little more seldom. They're just... So I think the win mattered immensely more than looking at a 6-1 loss to La Ronge when you're playing in less than... What a fourteen hour turnaround, right? Right. And I think that one you could throw out and look what you did in the win. But Caleb Allen had to had to pull that out because if you go up and lose all three, it it hurts. Yeah. Yeah,
2: Yeah, I have to say though, like we, we understand the logistics of going from, like, the North to Yorkton. Like, oh, that's tricky. We get yeah. it. Like, having to play a game and then get home that night, that's tough. We understand the organizational element of it. But uh, as you were saying, Rory, like, that is a that is a brutal turnaround. And especially a LaRange team, as we were just talking yeah. about, is, is just flying right mm-hmm. now. And another
0: team that was on a northern swing was the Kindersley Clippers, who returned to action after 13 <laughs> days off. They played three games in four nights, and they're... Finale against the Nipwin Hawks is where we find our Tourism Saskatchewan Play of the Week.
2: O'Chitwa just moves in slowly and dances across the blue line in on Logan Falk. Oh my God, what a save by Logan Falk. That was unbelievable as he threw up his right toe and kept it out.
0: Came because that was one of the best saves I've seen all season for sure. But obviously, Kindersley falling 5-4 in a shootout to the Nippon Hawks. They get one of a possible six points. Maybe let's just talk a little bit about their stretch. Because, you know, you had 13 days off. Then you have to go play three of four on the road in two very difficult rinks. I mean, the fact that they got a point, mm-hmm. is that a positive? Compared yeah. to, you know, if they lo- had sure. lost all three?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I think Ken Palakwin's going to be looking more at, at details than, than maybe even a result at this point. And right. I think... You know what? Like you can't go, you can't give up four power play goals on seven opportunities no. and win a, in a game. Like especially on the road, right? Like that's tough. Dipper win four for seven on the power play there Friday, and um, you know they got a, uh, they you know the long time off, and the the pace of the game, the the details can kind of get rusty mm-hmm. if you don't play for that period of time. But uh, yeah, I mean obviously again, what Rory was saying about Yorkton going up. If you don't get anything from a little stretch like yeah. that, then that is a real dagger. Um, but again kindersley's getting time to get healthy lots of team bonding and trying to figure things out so again I think as they get into more games we'll see a better version and um you know it, hey they got they got a point as as you were saying they're yeah. in a tough in a tough barn and a nippwin team that is really starting to figure it out right now.
1: Yeah, uh, and for the Kindersley Clippers, you're going to get a big chance of revenge coming up this yes. week, right? Mm. Um, big time. They didn't play for 13 games, and you know, players don't like that. No, right? not at they, all. They don't want they nine straight days of practices that, with a couple yeah. days off. Like, you need to get in-game big action. Time. The Kindersley Clippers have played 17 games this year. They haven't right. played a lot. Esteban's no. played 26. Nine <laughs> games difference. Like, <laughs> and we're, what, yeah. November 14th? Like, the fact that there's that discrepancy is insane, it I is. think. It really is. It really is. But take advantage yeah. of it. Exactly. Kindersley plays Nipwin coming up twice this week. At home. And they're only six points out of eighth spot. Mm-hmm. And how many games less have they played than Weyburn and Notre Dame? Well, three. They yeah. win all three. They're now tied there to that go. eighth spot, right, if it swings that way. Yep. So you can you got chance of revenge. You know you're there in that Nipwin game, and I think – As Nugsy put, no one likes to just sit around and practice. You got to have games in. So let's see them get back into game action and see uh, if they can, you know, climb way way back up with the games in hand that they need to use. They need
0: to use. Yeah, and returning home all... help them for sure playing at the west central event center um because we have such a jam-packed show today we are going to now announce the players of the week for this week uh prior to our guests joining us so we will start with the SGU mvp of the week and it coming from the larange ice wolves who won all four of their games led by 20 year old trenton curtis four goals three assists I mean, Rory, maybe just speak to his performance this week. And obviously, mm-hmm. he's been a great addition for the LaRonge Ice when they acquired him at the end of September.
1: Well, I do like how he won out of the week coming where we interviewed uh, Kevin Kaminsky I love it. because we talked like, well, you know, do you think maybe Walker Jerome and Ethan Strick and Riley Morgan are maybe underrated up yeah. north, right? They're not getting the credit. First guy he says, well, Trent you got to throw Trenton Curtis into the mix, mm-hmm. right? So he picks up a hat trick in the first game, seals it up with another goal, as you mentioned, four goals. Um, was he maybe in a system that didn't showcase exactly how much offensive talent he had in Melfort? Maybe. maybe Comes into LaRange, a little more high octane, a little more in your face, right? Yeah. And I, uh, I think he's, he's blossoming because of it. But uh, yeah, he's just another piece down the middle. You see him on playing defensive zone draws too, offensive zone important times. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kaminsky throws him out there in those moments and he's, he's going to be a big piece, but a big family week
0: for him. 10 goals, 10 assists in 17 games with the Larange Ice Wolves mm-hmm. since joining him. He's been outstanding for them. Uh, moving on, Jamie, to the Sassetel goalie of the week, sticking with the Larange Ice Wolves, Tolford Chirico. Two wins, the goals against average of one and 974 save percentage. You can't ask for much better goaltending than that.
2: Yeah, well, I mentioned it uh, in, in our recap there, uh, Jeremy. Two goals against or less in five of his last six games. All the wins. So if you only give up two goals in the game as a goalie, you are really giving your team a chance to to win. And the Ice Wolves are winning, right? They, he beat Kindersley and LaRange. He does his job. He made uh, makes the save when you mm-hmm. need him to. Just kind of the same as Dawson Smith. And, you know, they're very, very happy. I asked Kyle Schneider, you know, the assistant uh, coach there for LaRange, where they got uh, him from. And, <laughs> and he said, yeah, another one of uh, Kevin Kaminsky's uh, connections down in the States. They're, they're <laughs> everywhere. He's got eyes everywhere. And that's where LaRange is getting their players from. And is another one.
0: Yep. And congratulations to Topher. Moving on to the direct West rookie of the week. This one coming from the Flin Flon Bombers, Liam Bridger, who had a goal and three assists this past week. Uh, all of them coming, Rory, in a, a big win on Thursday, an 8-3 victory over the Yorkton Terriers.
1: It seems that the rookies in Flin Flon take a little bit of time to shine, right? Yep. We saw it sure. with, with Jaden Mercier, right? Maybe just held under the radar when he's playing with teams like Donovan Villanova right, and Alec Mallow and Cole Refuse, mm-hmm. and then really takes that jump. So Liam Bridger, right, under-the-radar type of rookie who we haven't talked too much about because mm-hmm. of the talent the Flint Flon has. Yep. Uh, then he goes out and has a week like this, and now you're scouting the Flint Flon Bombers, and you're like, well, there's another piece another we got to circle, right? Like, you can't let that line get unnoticed yep. because then they're going to take advantage, and that's what they'll do to you. Like, Mike Reagan, like Kevin Kinski, always finds these players, right, mm-hmm. from wherever. Mm-hmm. Their scouting staff scours the market, and uh, I just think is another player that wasn't talked about enough because of the other players on Flin Flon. And now he's getting a little more ice time, a little more comfortability, and putting up the points in turn.
2: And, and I love those Newfoundland kids. Like, they come in. I, I, anytime they come in, they seem to be awesome, awesome kids too. And one thing I'll say about Liam Bridger, nowhere short on time, all of his goals really had come on the power play, really, before this one. Uh, this one was a 5-on-5 one against Yorkton, so I'm sure Mike Reagan is happy to see him contribute a little bit more 5-on-5 as well, even though we know how in- d- insane that flint Flon power play has been this year.
0: Yeah, seven goals, five assists on the season. He is seventh in rookie scoring, and to add to that, we've seen so many great rookie performances mm-hmm. uh, this year as well. Finally, the defenseman of the week. We are going to go to the Nipwin Hawks, uh, Nugsy and Xander Stewart. Mm-hmm. A goal and two assists in two games played. He's almost a point per game as a defenseman this year. Mm-hmm. Overall, great season so far for Xander.
2: Yeah, great opportunity in a, in Tad Cozen's system to to be offensive. He can jump in. He's a 6'3 guy. He's mobile in that little rink and centennial arena. Tad Cozen doesn't have any training wheels on him, so he can, he can be part of the rush. And, yeah, as I said, it's perfect for him. And another one of those kids from uh, the... Uh, pursuit of excellence program there in Kelowna in the CSS HL. so many so many great players uh, out of that uh, out of that system and a lot of guys in the SJHL as well uh, and Xander's just another one so kudos to him he's been, I think he's been really really consistent all year for Nippon and, and big time kudos to him
1: yeah he had the opposite of the Cy Young stack going for quite some time he did time, right? this <laughs> yeah, year, I think he had 11 or 12 assists yeah, he did. A goal. he's picked up a couple yeah. goals yes. now recently four game point streak for Stuart we know that Nippon allows the most goals per game in the SJHL uh, so they've been having to outscore a little bit of their defensive issues to pick up points. If they can figure out a way to, you know, minimize that by a half right. a goal a game, right? Which is a huge amount, right? Yep. Half a goal a game, mm-hmm. they're gonna they're gonna be a team to be reckoned with because they no problem scoring,
2: right? Yep. It's just yeah. well, they put up a big number on Larange, yeah. 100%. Who puts up a big number on Larange? Yeah, exactly. nobody. They put up one, yeah. so got weapons
0: and they're right in the mix for a playoff spot to say the least so in recap of the players of the week sgu mvp of the week trenton curtis of the larange ice wolves sass goalie of the week toford churico of the larange ice wolves as well direct west rookie of the week liam bridger of the flint Flon bombers and of course defenseman of the week going to xander stewart of the nipwin Hawks. After the break, we will be joined by the head coach and general manager of the Nippon Hawks, Tad Kozen. Get his thoughts on the weekend and their start to the season. This is SJHL weekly across the SJHL social media platforms. Welcome back to SJHL Weekly across the SJHL social media platforms. It's Rory McGoran, Jamie Neugenbauer, Jeremy Corrigan. Thank you so much for joining us. And we're going to head to the video chat lines where we are now joined by the head coach and general manager of the Nippon Hawks, Tad Kozen. And each coach's convo is presented by the Saskatchewan Construction Safety Association. Tad, thanks so much for joining us today. How's it going?
3: Uh, It's going good. Enjoying the nice crisp air, that's for sure.
0: (laughs) Good to hear. All right. Well, first and foremost, I guess, uh, how did you make uh, of your teams? Obviously, you guys got the split this weekend, but what would you make of your team's play this weekend?
3: I thought it was good. I thought we had a really, you know, up and down game kind of on Friday there, and then I thought Saturday, I mean, the first 20 minutes was probably some of the best hockey um, I've seen us play, and obviously going against a team that is uh, at the top of the standings right now, I, I thought we played really, really well, and um, obviously, the the score doesn't dictate of how that game kind of went. Um, there's a few other factors that, uh, you know, it's just some of our breakdowns and that that uh, hurt us. But other than that, obviously, I'm pretty happy with uh, where we're at. You know, obviously going into this week
2: yeah for sure, you know Tad, I gotta ask you, you you know you and I talked obviously at the cage about this uh, when when the hounds were up there not that long ago, but uh, you guys move on from Bride and Kiesman. you bring in these two young guys, and some people might have be, might say, "Oh, there's Nippowin, they're reloading, they're done, but it's completely seemed been the opposite. You guys seems like you've turned over a pretty new leaf since then. Just talk about you know what's going on up there that uh, that has given you guys some of that extra juice, especially since that trade.
3: I think it's just everybody's just buying in and um, getting used to having everybody around. Obviously, we make a trade of that magnitude; it uh, obviously sends shockwaves not just through through everything, but obviously through the locker room. And you have to get the new guys in to learn the systems and to learn how we do it in, in Nippon. And I know every team's different, and everybody has their own ways. And you can see that everybody's starting to gel together now, and we're starting to turn that new leaf and go. And I mean, with that trade, we got younger, and we're pro- we're one of the youngest teams in the league right now. And we don't have many 20 year olds either, but um, you know, there's, uh, there's no excuses. And um, I I think we're really starting to come on now and and be able to play the way that I know we can.
1: Hey, Tad, of course, you know, you took over for the Hawks halfway through a season and now getting your first run full season. You knew when you come in that you had to uh, look at a rebuild for the Nipawin Hawks. Just from your start to where you are now, where would you kind of process how that rebuild has gone and your expectations and timing towards it?
3: I, I think we've we've made really good strides with it. Um, I mean, I hate saying it's kind of a rebuild. I, I think in junior hockey when uh, – When you only get three years, I think it's more of a retool because you're able to go out and recruit and and bring guys in and and bring some older guys in with experience, obviously with 20-year-old limits and and, uh, guys coming down from the WHL and that. But uh, I really like the progress we make. And I mean, we look at our roster right now and we lose five guys off our roster next year right now. Um, That's obviously a, a very, very low number in junior hockey. And having that many guys, you know, eligible to return. Um, will we'll definitely serve us well in the future and, and just the way we do things here of being able to have a lot of guys come in and, and show how we do it here, but been really happy with kind of the, I think we could uh, have a better record than what we have, but from our watching our last few games, I mean, it, it's been a long time since we've had, a th- you know, that's the first time I've had a three-game winning streak, you know, being here and um, then obviously run into a, a battle for a team, but, you know, we're looking forward to continue to move up those steps that we keep building here.
0: Tad, just to build off kind of what Rory's question was, you know, this is your first full year as the head coach and GM of the Nipwin Hawks. What's been the biggest challenge for you adjusting from an assistant coach role to now being the head coach?
3: Um, whew, it's hard to say. Um, probably just the day in, day out of uh, making sure you, you got to be prepared and and you got to be ready. And um, these guys, uh, you, you have to make sure you're ready to go for these guys every day. And instead of I guess looking after the little things, it's all the big things that you got to make sure you're taking care of and, and making sure you stick to stick to your guns and, and the way you want things done is and that's how things get done here. And um, if you get away from that, then obviously, you know, bad things are going to happen. But just making sure that everything's in place and the way we want things done here, it's day in and day out, making sure everything's done right that way.
2: Hey, Tad, you know, I I love coming to uh, Centennial Arena and and seeing the fans and the community, you know, that that you guys have up there. And as a Nipahuan guy yourself, it's got to mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, it's got to mean so much to be the head coach and GM of this club. Just talk about that honour and also talk about the pressure uh, of it is being in a small town that cares so deeply about this club.
3: Yeah, it's... uh I mean, definitely going through it as a player as well. Um, growing up here and then being a player here and now coaching, um, it definitely hasn't changed in a lot in all the years that I've been here. It, it's 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 truly an honor and um, you know I'm I'm so grateful for this opportunity because it, it's something you dream of um, when I when I was younger and said I wanted to be a coach to, to think that I was going to be in my hometown in Nippon um, is it, definitely surreal and you know how much fa- how passionate this fan base is and you go around town and everybody's always asking questions and you know, wanting answers, but, uh, you know, you got to keep some close to your chest. But it's one of those things where how passionate this place is and just the honour of being able to do this and nip one again and, and wanting to bring your best. And, um, I mean, it's, it's pretty easy waking up in the morning you know, when you get to come to the rink, and especially in your hometown, to be the head coach of a junior hockey team and, and want to do the best you can for this for the whole community.
1: Well, we're going to talk to him next, but I have to ask you about Maguire Ratzlav and sort of the revelation that he's been. He had three goals in 31 games in the SJHL prior to this season, comes in as a 19-year-old, and has 16 goals in 20 games. Just what have you seen in his development curve to take this player that was maybe overlooked in Melville and turn him into the league's top goal scorer?
3: It's kudos to him of what he did over the summertime. You can tell when, uh, when he came in this year. I mean, he earned the, earned the captaincy, and you, you don't see many 19-year-old captains around the league either. It's one of those things where he came in, he was ready to work. He, he took this team and and took the bull by the horns, and away he went. He's one of those guys that's that's in here all the time, learning, asking questions, wanting to learn how to score. He, he's just a sponge. When you tell him information, he's going to go out and do it. So it's kudos to him for for how much he wants and how much he works. And it's obviously awesome working with kids like that, that you can just tell they have that that look in their eye—that you know when they go on the ice, they're going to want to score a goal, or just go out there and be the hardest-working kid on the ice, and, and make sure they lead by example.
2: Yeah. Just last one from me, Tad. Really appreciate your time. Again, everybody knows that Doug Johnson's system before you was was very defensive, and they, they were hard to score against. It was it was a rugged system. I don't need to tell you. Uh, just talk about you know maybe how you've tried to to put your own identity in terms of the way that the Hawks. Play Because I look at your roster, Rory talked about Ratzlaff, you got Johnson, you got Dobson, you got Ochitwa, you got all these guys that have plenty of weapons, Buckberger, of course, you know, the list goes on that that can score goals. How have you tried to, you know, put this, make this team, put a stamp uh, of Tad Kozin on this team?
3: I I think the big thing, and if you watch, everybody watches enough hockey nowadays where obviously everybody can skate more. There's, There's more power skating, there's more skill stuff going on where... Everybody can make plays, and you don't just have to rely on forwards to be forwards and defensemen to be defensemen. There's, you look like a, at a Kale McCarr or something. I mean, or a Quinn Hughes. I mean, their defensive game is is good, but their offensive game is just elite, and that's what separates those guys um, from from the rest of the pack. And it's one of those things where you you've got to take advantage of what these kids do. You can't turn everybody into a defensive defenseman. You can't have everybody as an offensive defenseman. But you have got to be able to run with run with your horses and, and give them that opportunity to create plays where. If you're just sitting there saying dump pucks, chip pucks, you know, play that boring game, then how are we really trying to develop, you know, develop our players? Where if you give them some reins, obviously you have to you have to minimize that at some point with different players. But if you're able to let them run with it, and, and maybe you learn something that you didn't know a defenseman could do, if if you, if you just take that away from a right away, you're never going to learn that. But it's it's all about developing these guys and and making sure they're comfortable and and letting them try different things because. If, if you're just going to play that boring style hockey game, then, you know, obviously it gets kind of boring, but it, it's one of those things where I, I know you guys were talking about before where we, we've given up a lot of goals, which, you know, I'm obviously not happy about. Um, we're scoring more than we scored last year, but it's one of those things too. If we've, we've got to shore up our, our, uh, our defensive end if we want to be successful because I, I still believe defense wins championships, championships but you, you got to play as a unit of five and, and do everything together.
1: Dad, you mentioned you're one of the youngest teams in the league. You find yourselves right now in the thick of what everyone knows is going to be a really intense playoff race. We know that the intensity of the SJHL kind of has three tiers before Christmas, after Christmas, and then that playoff push. Where do you think your team is right now? How's the excitement with this young roster that's going to get to experience it? Because right now you're in eighth place in the SJHL.
3: Yeah, obviously we're ex- we're excited about it. Um, you know, we're right in the thick of things. I'm a guy that actually doesn't really look at the standings. I don't mm. really pay attention to that kind of stuff. I worry about what's in this locker room and what we can do day in and day out, and making sure we win hockey games and making sure we're prepared. It's one of those ones where we've got to keep working on our process and keep building and keep building and making sure we bring that work ethic every day. and And then I know we're going to be successful. It doesn't matter where you know where we are. Obviously, we got to get in the playoffs, but it's one of those things where. I'm really happy with how we're going at, you know, with a young team and and we're one of the young teams in the league, like you said, and I'm really happy with the progression that we keep making. And if we continue to make that progression, then I expect good things from this, you know, I expect a lot from this group and I, I, I'm hoping they expect a lot, a lot of themselves too, because I I think we can really do something, something awesome here. And uh, I'm looking forward to just continuing to take those steps and obviously get into these, these big games and, you know, measure up against these uh, top teams.
0: I guess finally, Tad, uh, big game against Flynn Flon tomorrow at the cage. What do you expect from the Bombers tomorrow?
3: Uh, we haven't seen them obviously since the start of the year, and, and they've made a few trades. And obviously, they've, uh, they've they've been a hot team lately. But just expecting the the big bad Bruins to come into the town, and you know, it's a, it's always a good rivalry between us. Looking forward to the game and expecting uh, a good war out there.
0: All right, uh, well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. We really appreciate it, and uh, best of luck the rest of the way.
3: Sounds good. Thanks for having me, guys.
0: That is the head coach and general manager of the Nippon Hawks, Tad Cosen And, of course, each and every coach's conversation this season is presented by the Saskatchewan Construction Safety Association. After the break, we will stick with the Nippon Hawks as we are going to be joined with SJHL leading goal scorer Maguire Ratzlaff right after the break. This is SJHL Weekly across the SJHL social media platforms. <laughs> Welcome back to SJHL Weekly across the SJHL social media platforms. Bless you, Jamie. Uh, we, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. It's Rory McGoran, Jamie Nugentbauer, Jeremy Corrigan. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in today, and we are pleased to be joined now by leading goal scorer for the SJHL Maguire Ratzlaff. Maguire, how are we doing today?
4: Good, good. Yourself?
0: We're doing great. Talking <laughs> hockey, staying warm—that's uh, the name of the game here. <laughs> well, yeah, first... what else could you want? <laughs> exactly. I'll ask you. T- I'll ask you the same question I asked Tad. Uh, you guys split uh, your weekends, uh, winning over the Kindersley Clippers, and then a tough loss to the Balfour North Stars. What did you think of your team's play over the weekend?
4: Yeah, I mean, finished up that Kindersley game, wins a win, right? Obviously, would have liked to uh, finish that off in regulation, but. You know to keep that streak going for us was really important and I think we've seen a lot of growth uh, and then obviously the Battleford game was a tough one. they're they're a great team and I don't think uh, I don't think the score honestly reflected our effort there but again definitely a learning experience for us and uh, you know it was it was it was a good sign I would say the score didn't reflect our effort but yeah good for us to grow.
2: Yeah, for sure, Maguire. Really, uh, really appreciate your time as always. I want to talk about your mm-hmm. development just a little bit. You know, I know you didn't play any games during that COVID shortened year, so that probably had something to do with it. But talk about what's different. You know, in Nippon and, and the the uh, the success you've had there, maybe versus a bit of a tougher time in Melville uh, last year. Yeah, for sure. I
4: mean, I played on four different teams last year. It was a pretty tumultuous year for me and uh, tough to get settled, but. Yeah, I think this year we have tons of potential. We're a younger group, and it's good to see that. Tad's obviously encouraging, you know, experimenting, and and you've probably seen a more offensive-style game from us. Uh, So, yeah, to be in an environment where where kind of that attitude is fostered, and, uh, yeah, just super helpful to see Tad invest in us and, and, you know, obviously working on our skill work. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's just been super good to see, and, you know, it encourages everyone. and, And I think... We're sort of breaking through that plateau, and I think our group is a lot better than we've been. And uh, yeah, we're we're starting to get there for sure.
1: And where has the explosion of goals come from for yourself? Right, sixteen goals in twenty games. I just took a look, and I guess Kean Bell just passed you the other day, but yeah. you were holding on to that leading score for a long time here, and you only had you know three goals in thirty games prior. So, what can do you attest to your success in filling the back of the net like you have? <laughs>
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I'd i like to think I've always had a, a pretty mm-hmm. good shot, and, and I think my teammates have attested to that, but it was more so I wasn't getting myself in great positions. Uh, I kind of stopped my feet when I was moved into my shot, and this summer, putting a lot of work with some some great company and, and, and great talent, uh, and some great goaltenders as well, and just being able to you know quickly shoot pucks and and put myself in good positions around the ice. And obviously, my teammates have been fine to me, which has been awesome, and you know, to have a little bit extra space out there on the power mm-hmm. play has been... I mean, eight of my goals have been power play goals, so it's, it's helped a little bit, right? <laughs> but uh, no, obviously, I mean, teammates finding me. We got good goaltenders back here. So in practice, it's super competitive. And yeah.
2: Yeah, for sure. I got to ask you, too you know, you know better than me at this point, Maguire, how much that organization means to the Nipawin community. It's such a great great fan base that's so passionate with so many great teams, the banners, uh, you know, that, that you see in the in the rafters, you know, every game you play at the cage, you know, what does it mean to you to, to wear that C and, and the pressure and the honor that it is?
4: It's a great honor. I mean, when I first got traded here, I had uh, some actors, some former Hawks that I had known reach out to me and just, you know, share what a, what a cool opportunity it is to play here. So I was obviously very grateful for that. The community welcomed me with open arms. And yeah, naming, being named the captain this year was just such a great honor. And I think, you know, just a great community, great group of guys. And, you know, we've been able to get back in the schools this year uh, and and really get our our community service going again. So, I mean, it's great to be able to be a part of that. And we have a really, really great leadership group, uh, you know, learning from the 20 year olds. And yeah, I mean, it's a great honor. Um, And yeah, just super excited for the group of guys that we have and just how we've been able to positively impact the community and just such a special experience.
1: Was there any added weight that you felt after being named the captain as a 19 year old as well with the Hawks team, you knew was going to be younger. Uh, I mean, you've done an outstanding job with your leadership. The Hawks are right in the middle (laughs) of the playoff race, but uh, did you initially just feel a little bit of extra weight wearing that C on the Jersey or was it full embrace full forward?
4: Yeah. I mean, obviously there comes a little bit of weight, but uh, I remember actually calling my dad right away and, you know, just hearing him on the phone, it was he's always been a great mm-hmm. leader, someone I've looked up to, right? So obviously some very kind words from him and, and you know, I, I focus on leading by example. I think we have a really, really good group of guys and and just for, you know, there to be someone that they can look up to in a sense of, you know, this is what we gotta do. And yeah, I mean, obviously a bit of weight, but the twenty year olds have been awesome on our team and you know, I've only played probably forty games now of junior hockey. Mm-hmm. So to be able to get some of the experience from the 20-year-olds and, and yeah, just to be able to find ways for the team to be able to work back. I think. Maguire, that's sort of been my fault. Sorry to interrupt. Maguire, uh,
0: yeah. you know, we've talked about, you know, you putting the puck in the back of the net 16 times already this season, but I guess my question for you is going into this year, did you have any personal goals for yourself?
4: Yeah, I mean, I... Uh, like I said, you know, I, I feel like I always had a good shot. I feel like I had the the ability right. to be an impact player. Uh, I've always prided myself in being a two-way forward. And, yeah, I, to be honest, I just wanted to be a plus player this year. I think that was my main mark, uh, being responsible in the D zone, being able to kill penalties. And I always kind of accepted that the, the offense would come, focusing more on, on the process rather than the outcome. And that's something I've worked on with our uh, sports psychologist here. So, yeah, I would just say, you know, it really just happened to be the goal of staying a, a plus hockey player. And, you know, the goals came, which is something I'm not complaining about, right? So, yeah.
2: Yeah, for sure. Last one for me again. Really, uh, really appreciate your time. I want you to do a little bit of work for me as a broadcaster, media guy in this league. Who are some of the younger guys on this team? Maybe a Finley Radloff, local boy, you know, grew up kind of cheering for the Hawks. Maybe it's Alejandro De Leon. Who are some of those younger guys that haven't broken out yet that we can expect later this year, even next year, to to be the names that we're always talking about on the Nippon Hawks? Give me one or two, though. Don't yeah, go. Think- through, don't go through the whole team. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course, of course. Um, no, I honestly I think those those two guys
4: that you mentioned are pretty dead on, right? The Leon's obviously a high end talent. Acquired him from Portage and uh, you know, really great guy. Obviously he had quite a bit of success in the in the Manitoba League and you know, he, he potted his first S J goal on the weekend and yeah, just super exciting to see. Uh I think it maybe is just you know, it's a different style of play that he's adjusting to, right? We're both from B C and so it's been good to kinda you know share thoughts on that and uh, I think yeah super high-end high talent lots of potential and then you know like you mentioned Finley Radloff great guy works super hard every night and and you know I don't think he's been fully rewarded for that but yeah just again always works his bag off in practice and you can just expect that he's gonna be 110% every night so and especially as an five when he's doing that that's it's super exciting to you know think about the future that he's gonna have here
1: Maguire, I want to thank you again for joining us uh, and taking your time. It's an exciting time for the Win Hawks right now, and I'm going to pass the same question to you as I did to your head coach, Tad Kozin. You're right in the middle of the thick of the playoff race. We know the parity in the league. We know how tight it's going to be, and even now in November, how important all two points are in every battle. How much are you guys embracing that as a team that was, you know, maybe not cast aside but not put among you know the the playoff teams and now you guys are proving that hey hey we're going to be right there at the end of it as the captain how is how exciting is that for you
4: super exciting and right you know we we focus we continue to focus on the process we have a saying that we've kind of came up with and and tried to follow this year and that's no matter who no matter when so we're we're focused on winning periods and Mm -hmm. we went three periods win a game right and no matter who, it doesn't matter where you are slotted on the lineup, you're 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 an impact to this team. And everything that you do matters. No matter when, no matter what time of day, no matter what day we're playing on, uh it, it's an important game. So I mean, exciting to see what the year that we had last year, kind of the start that we've been having and, and where we're sitting, but again, we stick to the process. We focus on, you know, no matter who, no matter when, we play Hawks hockey, right?
0: And I guess finally, McGuire, uh, big game tomorrow against uh, the Flynn Flon Bombers at home at the Cage. What do you expect about that matchup for tomorrow?
4: Yeah, Flynn Flan's always a good game, right? They're you know an aggressive team, and and you can kind of expect four lines coming at you hard for sure. But uh, yeah, I, I definitely expect a battle, and and you know going against Harmon Laser Team that'll be that'll be a fun matchup. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's going to be a battle, and uh, we haven't seen them since really the start of the season so I think we've both changed and it should be an exciting matchup
0: well McGuire thank you so much for taking the time to join us today we really appreciate it congratulations on the start to your season and best of luck the rest of the way
4: thank you very much and thank you for having me on today
0: that is Nipwin Hawks captain McGuire Ratzlaff we've talked about it he's had an outstanding start to the season and if the Nipwin Hawks make the playoffs he's going to be a big reason why
2: yeah, and one of the things that I love about Maguire, and he mentioned it, he touched on it. He's a skilled guy. He can shoot the puck, he can finish. He's hard to play against. Like, mm-hmm. he's a defensive yes. zone guy first, takes care of his own business. You look at his stats all 16 goals, six assists. Is this guy Showtime about himself? You, you heard him right there pretty much put it like, he plays like he puts his heart out there for the Ox, He blocks shots. He's hard to play, and he's a he's a hard-nosed kid. And you know, it's exactly what Tad Cozen wants to build his team around.
1: Keep the mouth guard in too. That's a nice set of pearly whites he's got.
2: <laughs> I want to see those getting <laughs> chipped. Might out. Have yeah. the best Keep the set mouth guard team. in, man. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I also got to mention for those that aren't aware, maybe Harmon Laser Hume. Uh, was uh, on the, the Nipawin Hawks last year, traded in the offseason to mm-hmm. Flon and they're facing him tomorrow. So that's why he said he was excited to face uh, Harmon Laserhue.
0: Yes, and uh, we want to thank both Maguire and Tad for hopping on the show today. We always appreciate uh, the players' and coaches' time. But now we get to move on to one of our favorite segments, Buy It or Sell It, back for the second time this year. Uh, we are going to pose a couple of questions, and the boys are going to decide whether they, w- they want to buy it or Sell it, boys. Are we ready? Yeah, all right. First question Do you think an SJHL defenseman will surpass 10 goals prior to Christmas? Roy? Go ahead, Newsy.
2: Oh, Newsy. Well, yeah, I'm gonna buy it. I think Alex Blanchard has eight already with 11 games left. He did so have a good weekend, yeah. Mathematically speaking, I mean, Alex Blanchard could do it, mm-hmm. you know, Jared Sitch has six, the Hounds have a bunch of games left you know there's a, a, a mountain mountain tynan ewart uh, keeps popping them in like there there's a mountain of good uh you know offensive defensemen in this league so i'm gonna buy for sure
1: i'm also gonna buy it i i think you've mentioned all the points that really need to be with where the defensemen are and the style of the teams that they're on allowing them mm-hmm. to jump up in the rush alex blanchard jared sitch and the minutes they all play tynan ewart mm-hmm. uh I'd say yes, I'll buy it for 10. If it was
0: 12, then I'd really think about it. But I think they'll be at about 10 or 11 by the Christmas break, yeah. And I think I will agree with you guys. I will also buy that. I mean, we've talked about how many good defensemen there are in the SJHL, and, I mean, you just proved it with Blanchard already having eight goals. There's a very good chance, mm-hmm. mathematically speaking,
2: yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, just, just with the math that that's probably mm-hmm. going to happen. All right, question two. The World Junior A Challenge is about a month away. Uh, The camp should be happening in the next few weeks, I would assume. Um, When it comes to the camp, I'm going to set a number for how many SJHL players are going to be invited for the camp, and you guys are going to buy it or sell it. I'm going to set the number at six. Do you buy it or do you sell it?
1: You're quite the odds maker, man. That's right on the number for me. Uh, I'm going to sell it. I'm gonna, I am gonna. think it's going to be right there. I think there's going to be six players. So is that
0: a buy or sell? Uh, I think, I think that's that's be, a push. That's, that's a buy. push. Yeah. No, no, he said
2: six. Yeah. You're uh, buying six. Okay, then I'll buy.
0: I can I I set gonna, it at six and a half, well, but I don't sell. think that makes a difference.
1: Well, that, then I'm going to sell. It actually does. If it's, I, I think it's going to be five or six, okay. right on that number. Um, of course, just yeah. for a little reference, you can't have 20-year-olds. Right. right. Yeah. You're only allowed to invite five 2003 born players yes. to the camp, and it's between the AJHL, SJHL, and MJHL that get invited to Correct. the selection camp of 30 players. Six, I think, is a is a reasonable number to guess. So if you're number six, I'll buy it. If it's six and a half, I'll sell it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's quite the odds. You're uh, thank, Vegas. Thank you're you. Vegas right now, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Uh, and it hurts my heart. Mm. It oh. hurts my heart. But... There are so many good players in the in the AJ, and I think NHL scouts have such an input. Sure, I'm gonna sell. I think it's I think it's not far from six. I think it's four or five, probably. Like we're not, we're right there. Like you're not wrong. Mm-hmm. But like I th- I think probably like four, if we're gonna say. And if I'm gonna pick some throw some guys, I think oh Holden, you're going a step further. Holden Holden, Holden Dole is he having a remarkable hear. year. You know, Jared Sitch, he, he can really play a, a, jo- a role in any Junior A team, I think. You know, Zach Summers is getting hot for Malfred. He's in 4 Jeremy Tremblay up in mm-hmm. Flint Flan mm-hmm. is a commit, D1 commit. Ethan Zilke could, can, can, can kill a penalty at any level of Junior A hockey. And, you know, maybe even like a Karsten Cater, if they're looking for a, a young power play quarterback or a, a Vinnie Paul Marine to play with a Jared Sitch. You know, who knows? But so there's like, I mean, I think I named well, six named there. Six, so. So, but I think they're not going to take six of those guys. So okay. I'm going to say, I'm going to say if I had to pick an exact number, I'm going to say mm. four, but, uh, but you're not far off. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's in that ballpark no matter yeah, what, yeah. whether you buy it or you sell yeah. it. I'll push. I'll, say, I'll, I'll leave it at the push at six. It
1: is the first time since 2019 that this tournament yeah. is, is coming back. And I will say if it is four or if it is five, I will buy it that next year with the direction the SJHL is going and the influx yes. of talent we're seeing, it'll be higher. So I'll also buy that.
0: That's a future's bet? Should I write that down? It's a future's bet. Future's bet. Okay, so we'll save that tape and we'll rewind it next year when we're talking about it on the show. Okay, finally, here's a fun one. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, through 21 games, the Battle for North Stars are 18-0-2-1. No regulation losses through 21 games. It's incredible. Uh, They're the top-ranked team based off the CJHL top 20 rankings. My question to you guys is... Do the battle for North Stars, lose in regulation for the first time before Christmas. Who wants to take that I'll, first? I'll, I'll take it. Sure. If they don't,
1: I mean, this is as an incredible run it's as we've yeah. seen in junior hockey, right? And it's crazy what they're doing. I'm going to wait. If I what was
0: your question? Do they lose or do, they, <laughs> do they do they lose in regular? So if I'm
1: buying it, I'm saying they're going to lose before yes. Christmas? Then I'll buy it. Because the next four games is Flyn Flon, Flinflon, Larange Larange At home. They have Notre yeah. Dame and then LaRange mm-hmm. again. If they get through that, then I think they're gonna be okay. But somewhere in there, that's a tough stretch. I know four yeah. out of the four out of those six games are at home, but We've seen Flin Flon, what they're able to do. LaRange just beat him up in the mel. That mm-hmm. one, they were leading going into the third period. one nothing as well. Yep. Um, it's going to happen in the next four games, is what I'm going to say. Either Flin Flon or Larange is going to get the job done.
2: All right. Spicy. I'll write that down, too. Spicy. Mm-hmm. There you go. Send your angry uh, letters. <laughs> well, don't dude. be angry. No, I me. it's just a guess. I'm kidding. <laughs> it's just <yelling>. Hey, <laughs> we're <at>, guessing. <laughs> <son? laughs> Braden Klemasko has been saying uh, that the Battleford North have not been playing perfect hockey. They've been finding ways to win, and Josh Cote and and uh, also Merrick, the other goalie, has been excellent too. So it's not like there's any weak spots. But uh, yeah, I mean, the law of averages say again, I'm going to buy it. They have 12 games oh, yeah. left. That's a lot of games to win uh, in regulation. So again, it could be this week, right, coming up with with Flint Flon beating Flint Flon twice in a row for anybody is mm-hmm. is going to be tough even even in overtime so i'm gonna buy it uh, i don't know when it could be like in melfort too melfort's mm-hmm. figuring mm-hmm. it out too yeah. they, have to, they have to go like balfour has to go to melfort and that's never easy uh, but uh, i'm gonna buy it
0: well and, and Balford was in melfort earlier this year and they squeaked out a 5-4 overtime win so really? yeah they melfort did yeah that's yeah. well no uh, flint or rather balfour. uh, balfour's beat melfort 5-4 in overtime only three blemishes on the oh, right, on the record right, right. this yeah, year no. for uh the Balfour North Stars. I'll sell it. I'll sell it. I'll just He's to, 12 games. you know what? Why not? I'll <laughs> well, they're, sell it. They're that I'll be good. different. Yeah, I'll, good. You know what? I have faith in I have faith in them. But uh, just to be different for mm. the sake of being different. I respect that. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, before we wrap up today's show, uh, the week in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League will begin tomorrow night we kind of already uh, teased it a little bit with the schedule uh for this week with our guests but uh tomorrow night the nipwin hawks will play host to the Flon bombers and uh as nipwin will look to try and get back in the win column actually both these teams will look to get back in the win column both teams coming off a loss and uh, trying to get a big two points Then on Wednesday, a pair of games on the schedule. The Weyburn Red Wings will be back in action. They just had a week off, and they'll be in Melfort to take on the Mustangs. And then you guys get to call a game Mm -hmm. at the Duncan McNeil Arena as the Humboldt Broncos Mm Beat the Notre Dame Hounds. So that's the action for the next two days in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. But I guess when you guys look at the week as a whole coming up, uh, what kind of stands out, and what are you looking for?
2: Well, I just I just want to mention uh, Rory was was you made a really great statement last week about uh, Tanner Vandeseip and, uh, mm-hmm. and 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 what the Humboldt Broncos did last Wednesday when the Hounds were in Humboldt uh, in a memorial game and the 50/50 big amount of money I think going to uh, the Vandeseip family, yeah. which is fantastic mm-hmm. uh, in. Wilco Wilcox on Wednesday night, we're doing a similar sort of thing. All the gate proceeds uh, are going to the van family in Wilcox and, and a little bit cheaper price for tickets so come on out to Wilcox if you're in the Regina area or whatever Mm -hmm. come for some great hockey and uh, the Broncos as usual you know did it up great very moving tribute and everything so you know we got Notre Dame we got something to match there but uh, yeah obviously Van Desipe a hound for a long time a Wilcox resident and also a a Bronco alum so uh, come out on Wednesday night and and that game on Wednesday last Wednesday between Notre Dame and Humboldt was was really tight Mm -hmm. really good and Mm -hmm. Tristan Boileau for Humboldt was uh, unbelievable that was one one of the better games the Hounds have played all year and just couldn't score on uh, Boileau is really the game story. So should be interesting on Wednesday. Roy?
1: Yeah, I'm looking at the rematch between Kindersley and Nipwin. So it's yeah, a little bit ahead. It's on the weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah. Both games in Kindersley. Uh, like I said, once we get some hockey under the Clippers, we'll see, uh, you know, if they can make that push up in towards that playoff race that Nipwin's currently in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of what I'm looking at. And for the Hawks, we talked to Maguire. We talked to Tad. We know there's excitement about where they are right mm-hmm. now. And these are big games against the Kindersley Clippers. We talked a lot about LaRange beating the Battle for its North Stars. The most underrated game game in the weekend was the one where that highlight of the week came from and it was a 5-4 shootout win so it's good hockey between those two teams and it's also a family weekend for the Broncos well they'll take on Melfort on Saturday and Flin Flon on Sunday they're doing a Grey Cup watch party afterwards as well on the big jumbotron if you've never been to the EPA and want to take in some SJHL hockey and the Grey Cup where the Winnipeg Blue Bombers of course are going (laughs) to be going for 3 beat, big win last night Uh, then yeah come down to the EPA another guaranteed 50-50 but that's, uh, that's where I'll be, and that's what I'll be tuning into. But keeping an eye on, uh, on this playoff race that we know is just going to keep heating up.
0: Yeah, I think that's when you look at the schedule, I think now every Monday when I look at the schedule, that's, that's the thing I always look at now. Is you, I remember, I think it was either last week or two weeks ago, you talked about how when you look at the standings, there's kind of the, the two mm. tiers. And now when you look at that bottom tier when it involves about six or seven teams fighting for a couple of playoff spots, now I look for, on the schedule and I look for those matchups cuz those literally yeah. any point mm-hmm. in those matchups are is so crucial yeah. And you touched on Nippon and Kindersley. It yeah. was a three-point game for or it, it was a three-point game when the those two teams met again. And that's what makes the, the situation even trickier.
1: What the tiers are also depicting now is not only the race to make the playoffs, there is a big one for home ice advantage, right? Like you got Battleford separated, then right. you got Flon, LaRange, Humboldt, Melford, Estevan. Only three of those teams are getting home ice. I know right. it's November, but yeah. it's another thing <laughs> depicted by these. Kind of separation and tears that we're seeing.
2: Yeah, it's going to be wild the rest of the way. We all, I also have to mention, you know, like Mike Reagan is a great supporter of the show. Really appreciate you watching. Are you trying to kill your kids, Mike? Like, I'm just kidding, obviously. Flynn has got Battleford's, Battleford's Humboldt uh, in three and three. That's so tough. One, that yeah. should be interesting this weekend. But hey, Get your tickets to the Access Communication Centre. They're twice there in Battlefords and once at the EPA because those are going to be three outstanding (laughs) hockey games this weekend. Yeah, there's
0: a lot of good games on the schedule this week. So if you can make it out to the rink, support your local junior hockey team. If not, you can catch all the games on Hockey TV. A subscription's only... $29.99 a month. But uh, if you want to stay up to date in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, be sure to follow us across all of our social media platforms. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's where you can find all the features, episodes of SJHL Weekly and Insider, highlights, and much, much more. And before we go, again, we have to thank our great sponsors here at SJHL Weekly. Chevrolet, Capital Auto Mall, Great Western, Cantera, Seeds, RBC, SaskTel, SGU, Direct West, Saskatchewan Construction Safety Association, who present each and every coach's conversation we have on this show, Tourism Saskatchewan, and Young's Equipment. Thank you so much for your support. Without your support, these shows wouldn't be possible. For Rory McGoran, Jamie Neugebauer, my name is Jeremy Corrigan, and this has been another great episode of SJHL Weekly.